just another day Thank God for another day I know they wanna see us stay But this line, it'll never fade All right, everybody, welcome back to the One Less Podcast. This is your host, Dylan Ignacio. Today, we got my boy Joey here, Joey from the district. How you feeling, man? I'm doing all right, man, you know, hanging in there. Hanging in there, bro. Can't (laughs) complain. (laughs) I want to start it off with, what profession are you with? Uh, I'm a police officer. Okay, how long have you been doing that? So I've been a cop for nine years. For real, nine years? You got some time with me, man. I just hit seven. (laughs) <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's at seven, uh, man. You're still, you're still a veteran, you know, anything over five, you know? Oh, man, that's awesome, bro. So I want to I tone it back a little bit before getting into your experience as a police officer. I want to go back a little bit, man. Like, what was, what was Joey like growing up, man? What, what was the life like? Um, you know, what, what led you up into the profession? You know, start, start back as far as you want, man. Yeah, so, you know, um, I'm from D.C., born and raised. Uh, Columbia Heights, Adams Morgan, Mount Pleasant. I don't know if you ever heard of it neighborhood in Northwest, um, heavily Hispanic population, black back in the day, you know, it's getting gentrified now, as we all know, gentrification. But you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's where I grew up. I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up, you know, with a, with a silver spoon in my mouth or nothing like that. I mean, I grew up, you know, like just maybe like lower middle class, you know, just regular hardworking people, blue collar. Dad was a cab driver. Mom worked like a, as like a secretary. So, you know, but they both still, still live in the neighborhood, by the way. But, uh, you know, I'm, and I'm still here about, as well. So, um, yeah, you know, grew up, you know, pretty, I do grew up all right, you know, and then we had D.C., you know, I grew up in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s. You know, D.C. was off the hook back then. You know, I seen some things, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, dead, jail. Um, a lot of them doing okay, too. So, you know, had a pretty good childhood, if you ask me. Yeah, I feel that. I think we could relate a little bit there because, I felt like I was caught right in the middle too. I had a bunch of friends who are doing just great right now. I got a lot of friends who are doing great at all. Like, you know, just yeah, down, down yeah. certain paths, even to the unfortunate part of losing them. So I really feel that. And then we're really close. You're from DC, I'm from Northern Virginia. I mean, okay. we're real close. And those those boundaries cross all the time, except for, you know, usually it's now that now being a police officer, <laughs> usually it's because DC fools are coming in here to do stuff. And then the, the, the joke is, is that all of your stolen cars end up here and all of our stolen cars end up there. Like that's, that's kind of like the, the joke. Also, there's, there's, a, there's like a running joke as far as like, you know, they don't want to get caught in Virginia, caught in DC. <laughs> <laughs> DC, that, man, it's crazy to hear that too, because I, I figured we were more lenient, uh, oh, our, our, no. but, I, but I guess not. Not at all. <laughs> they get caught in they get caught in jail. They got a problem, you know. They get caught in DC. They might they might be out in a few hours. <laughs> oh man, keeps y'all busy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So man, so so what got you into law enforcement, man? So you know, so throughout my life, we can go back, you know, DC and all that. Growing up in the city, you know, it was always. I'm be honest. I'm completely honest, man. Can I curse? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Dude, it was like, fuck the police. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, you know, grew up here, you know, like, hanging out with the neighborhood kids, you know, they were harassing. If you want to call it harassing, you know, stopping us, you know. Sometimes we was up no good, so, you know, but, you know, and um, so, but I excelled at sports. So one of the things, you know, for me, that helped me, you know, um, excel in life was, was athletics. So that's how I got through everything, you know. I, I used to play football at 14th and Clifton, uh, the Boys and Girls Club. I got noticed. So I ended up going to St. John's, 
you know, I used to recruit from the inner city. That's a, that's a private school, real good private school in DC, the Matha, St. John's, O'Connell, um, schools like that. I think some of them are in Virginia too. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's like a Catholic league. So like Bishop I, I think I was one yeah. of them too. Yeah. I, yeah, yep. yeah. S- stuff like that. Um, so, you know, um, I got recruited and whatnot out of the city um, and most of the athletes were from the inner city, you know, DC, all over DC. So, you know, and I played ball, you know, and then I went to college, ended up playing football in college, got my master's degree. Everything was free, got scholarships, all that. But when I got out of school, I think it was a 2009, 2000, 2009, 2010. Yeah, I am old now. But uh, so there was a recession, you know? So, you know, so I'm getting out. I got a, I got a degree in business. You know, I'm, I'm trying to find work. I, I was in New York City at the time. I couldn't find anything. So my brother, who he didn't, he didn't go off to school. So he, he joined police out of, uh, not at, I can't say out of high school, but he did like a program, they had a cadet program where you could do like two years college and then work your way into the department kind of thing. They had like a little program. So he was already doing that. So I'm coming home, you know, I got this degree and stuff, but I ain't making no money, I ain't got no job. So I just applied, man, you know, I just need some work. You know, I just like, hmm, I need anything right now. Just get me through. So I just applied, you know, he was already doing, I saw him making money doing this and that. I didn't know nothing about the job, nothing about police. So I was like, all right, I applied. And then they called me. They called me like like quick. And then they hired me, you know? It was gonna be that or the military at the time. So, and they hired me and you know, here I am now. And then nine years later, man, like that's how I got into law enforcement. I, I never would have you know, ever thought I'd be a cop, you know? Let's talk about his back. So you got your master's and then, and then you went into law enforcement. Definitely not a normal pathway. Nah. Uh, and not at all so okay so you've been there for nine years so i'm assuming you like it <laughs> yeah well yeah so, so yeah it's, it's been you know it's it has its ups and downs but you know i actually do like the job itself you know and we can get into that a little bit later talking about you know how it's changed over time you know and you know the things we're dealing with now you know the political climate and all that but you know but when i first came on it, it was you know it was fun uh, it was fun, you know, but you know things change. And we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just find it fascinating yeah. that you got your master's in business, had no, no, like wants to get in law enforcement, and not yeah. only did you get into law enforcement, but you stayed. I mean, it, 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 would you say that right now, with the way that you feel about the job? I mean, I know the past year's been hell. We can, we will touch on that. But do you see yourself being a, you know, being a lifer? So, so I, I'll tell you, when I had, um, you know, when I, when I first came on, the veterans, man, they used to tell me, man, you know, you know how it is. I mean, you've you been a cop too, so you know that when you, you know, when you talk to them, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but you're always, you get that negativity, you know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> I got, a, I got, I, I got a lot of time on, man, F this place, fuck this place, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Man, get out, you know, all that. So I had that at first, right? I was right. dealing, I was, I had people training me that was just like, man, Self-preservation, dude, you know what I mean? This and that, you know, so, you know, and um, so I did try to leave, right? I was like, man, I got a master's, you know, not to down being a police officer, because here I am, but I was just like, man, I got a master's in business, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, maybe I could be a federal agent or something, you know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe I could do, you know, this cop stuff, you know, like, so I tried to, I tried to go to the State Department. I tried to do DSS twice. So the first time I didn't make it past the, uh, I, so I did the uh, test and I passed that, but then I guess I just didn't get selected. I didn't get high enough on a test or something. 
So that was the first time. That was like when I had like three years on. At five years, I took the test again. And I went all the way to the last interview. Like when I was in a room talking to two agents, you know, to interview me. It was me and another guy, you know, he, he had to wait his turn too. But so I went in the interview, I'm talking to him, I'm telling them all my experiences, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> just, just for them to tell me that I don't have enough overseas experience. To, to, so I did try to leave. That, that, this is a little story or whatever. But yeah, so I, I did try to leave. But, you know, um, yeah, I guess it's my calling, man. You know, that's why I'm still here. How many years did you have on before you tried to leave? The, at the most, five. I did try to go to the State Department. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it is what it is, man. Yeah. Did you uh, did you have a hard time, like say when you got first got into law enforcement, did you have a hard time kind of transitioning into that profession? Um, because it is very unique. It can almost take over your entire identity if you let it. How was that transition from going from business oriented, living in New York, getting your master's and, and being a student first and then transitioning to a job uh, like this that transition so you know again i grew up here seen a lot of things as a youngin you know growing up in dc and um so i kind of i'm already adept to the streets you know what i'm saying like it's, it's the same thing you know you're just on the other side of the spectrum so at first it was just weird you know i mean i, I never you know i had a uniform on i had a whole gun on my waist it's like what, what, you know how do, you know it's different different you know but like i have authority like some kind of authority you know i'm like you know, tell that guy, you know, your training officer, tell you, lock him up, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm like, all right. You know, it's, just, it's a little, it's different. It's weird. But, uh, you know, you get used to it, though. You know, you start, when you learn what's wrong and right, when you learn the laws and this and that, you know, and you learn, you know, that people do, they, they, they say they don't, but they respect that badge. You know, like when you walk into something and people look at you a certain way, they might say, thank you. They might hold it. You know, it's just, just, and you get used to that, you know, and then over time, but, you know, it just it becomes like you said, you know, like the regular. You know, you you, you I'm I'm a police officer. <laughs> I go to a store. I go into anywhere. I'm a, I'm a whole. I'm a cop. People just treat you differently, you know, and that that resonates to your, you know, how you carry yourself, and then you know, it resonates in your personal life as well at first. So you know, like so you know, I, I would have people tell me, you know, this and that. And I used to be. So when you first get, you know, when you first become a cop, you know, from my experience, you, you, I'm not going to say you're going to walk around like a hotshot, but you kind of, your confidence level, you know, does go up, you know, like, you know, you're just like, you know, this and that, I'm the law, blah, 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 you know, that's just natural. It just happens, you know, when you first, when you first come in, but uh, over time that, that, that goes away, <laughs> yeah. but uh, so yeah, you know, you just, you're out there, you know, you're doing your thing and yeah. Pretty much, you know, just the confidence. That's what I would say resonated into my personal life. That level of confidence that, you know, like I'm a cop, blah, 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 you know, like this and that. But over time that does fade away, you know, and then you become who you are, what kind of cop you're gonna be, you know, after that. So yeah, a little bit arrogant, you know, at first, cocky, whatever, but. Yeah, it's like you. The first. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you, you go to the academy, you get all your training, you ready to, you're ready to get it in and then you hit the street and people you have this high confidence but then you get you get humbled by the by the stuff you experience on the job and then it kind of just brings you back down to reality uh, at least over, that's what over, it did over, for me over, over time 
over time. Yeah. Right. At first, man, you 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 know, you know, I you know, you locking up the world for you know the, whatever charge you can. You're trying to impress your superiors. You just got out there. You, maybe you want to make vice. You know, you, you're trying to do the most. You know, but over time, you 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 it, it goes away. Like you know, what I mean, you start seeing things for what it is, and you know, all that is just you know. It, you just become who you are after, after like, I'd say about maybe three years, you know, two, two, three years. You know, for me, you become who you are, you know, what, what kind of cop you're going to be, you know. And did you, uh, did you get any hate coming into the profession from old friends of yours or anything like that? Or, or had they already kind of been cut out because you had already, you know, got your master's and went that route? Yeah. Well, you know, the whole education part, you know, so, so, you know, again, grew up in DC, you know, there's a lot of people I know that, man, selling drugs, have killed people, you know, this and that. Like, you know, I got friends even to this day, you know, recently, somebody, you know, killed somebody, you know, he's locked up and everything. But I mean, I, that was like one of my, my childhood friends, you know, like, so when I was going to school and everything, I still, I mean, I, I still kind of, you know, well, I was away in New York, so I wasn't back in DC dealing with, the, you know, the nonsense, the street stuff and all that. But, you know, before that, when I was going to high school, I, I still seen, you know, same people and all this and that. But now, you know, it has changed, you know, like, like, so some of them can understand, you know, like, like, this is a job, you know, some of them, they can be like, you know, man, that's that man's job, you know, he, he, you know, that's what he do, you know what I mean, like, that's, that's how he make a living, that's how he, you know, feed his family, blah, 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 you know, like, when others are like, man, you know, fuck that dude, man, your whole fed, you know, blah, 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 you know, like, like, fuck him, and, and these are people I used to hang out with, you know, so they, they keep that, whatever you want to call it, keeping it real or whatever. I, yeah, I deal with that, you know, like, like, you know, it's hard, you know, but that's saying, so, so if I'm, I'm in, a, in a, an establishment and this person sitting and standing over here, he literally won't say one word to me, you know, like, but I, I grew up with the dude. I used to hang out with the dude, you know, it is what it is, you know, so yeah, I've dealt with that. Yeah, yeah. it does come with a level up too. Um, yeah, man. You know, it's a level up yeah. as well. I mean, depending on, especially when you outgrow good friends of yours. I mean, you look at all those guys that are screaming, fuck you. And then you, you really look at, uh, you know, what they're doing with their life. And it's not like they're out here doing big shit and then hating on you too. You know what I mean? It's just they're like, the same, they're doing the same thing. They're doing the same it's thing. Yeah. It's tough though. It, 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 no, it is, it is. When you, especially when you like, when you, when you used to hang out, when you remember before you was a cop, you know what I mean? When you know, they've seen, you on in another light, but you know, once you put that, you know what I've noticed over over the years, man. Sometimes, dude, it's literally just a uniform, man. It's just it's just what you do. It, it just it's just some people just don't like it. You know, they can't process. You know, like, like the uniform that your 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 job. You know, you know, I I still got some good men. You know, from, from back in the day, you know, they, they do what they do, you know, but I don't know nothing about it. I don't want to know, you know, but, but I still know them, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I grew up with them. You know, you just, you know, they, and it's a respect thing, you know, like, it is what it is, man, you know? You try to tell them this and that, you know, they want to listen, yeah, but, that's, you know, they're not bad people. They just, that lifestyle, you know, different lifestyles, like you said. And the job, obviously, you can't be associated with, you know, people like that. So. Yeah, of course. Keep them at a distance. Yeah, you got to, because the only thing we got really is integrity. So you got to make sure that that's on the up and up. And that's also a hard transition too, because, you know, at least for me, like knowing some of these dudes, like I know that they're deep down inside, they're really good people. Just have developed their entire 
life mission around something that conflicts with my job and, yeah. and it makes it you know it makes it difficult um like 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 i was saying you know as far as me you know if i didn't have i'm gonna be honest with you man if i if i didn't have sports i probably would have went that route yeah i have it was all around me you know what i mean all my friends you know what i mean like most of them, most of the ones from here like where i grew up with not the ones i made over time like later on but like right, right. my my dc native friends you know like a lot of them you know the ones that aren't doing blue collar jobs like me, the firefighters, parking enforcement, the rest of them, you know, they, they just, you know, still doing that stuff, man. I, I could have easily went that route, you know? So sports really helped me. Sports is a big part of, you know, like life, especially in the city, man. If you, if you could excel at something, something, you know, sports, uh, anything, if you got some kind of niche, you know, that can, that can definitely make your outcome way better, you know, in life. So. Right. No, I agree with that 100%. It's interesting you mentioned the Boys and Girls Club because uh, I'm a board member for our local chapter here, and I've been with them for a couple of years, and I see the work that they do for all the kids out there. The problem we seem to have is like keeping the keeping the teens. Like once I hit about 14, they lose interest, and then we have a hard time with them falling back into the street life. But uh, yeah. it, it yeah. to your point, you know, is a mix between the club and the sports it's like sports just kept carrying you no matter where that you know how old you got and then and then eventually the sports took you out of the environment where you were not even around anymore because you're off at Scott you were off at college I mean, you weren't Full even any, yeah <laughs> full ride man I ain't paid for nothing yeah. man that's a yeah. blessing right there for sure it's a blessing like it's yeah I, I got all these student student loans now man yeah <laughs> yeah that's a that's a fat blessing I don't know if you ever get a chance like on the job to, to speak it to any kids out there in the neighborhoods, but to hear your story, man, like that is, that is a success story. That is inherently what, what a lot of people, whether they know it or not from those areas want to be able to achieve, but it just seems so attainable that the street life takes over. Um, so yeah. it is, I do feel like it's a blessing for you to be in this profession right now because you have that perspective as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know exactly what it's like to be in those scenarios where everything seems to be stacked against you and then and then to overcome that now be in a profession um, that is polar opposite of, of of what you were accustomed to during that time and that's a blessing to be able to give that back because a lot of people don't in this profession don't have that opportunity maybe they didn't grow up that way maybe they didn't hang around those certain certain kids or whatever it was or or grew up in a in a better scenario or better uh, you know, situation, which is nothing against them, but the perspective that you have in this job is, is totally different um, in a very, very good way. Cause we need, we need more of that. I mean, that's kind of the general census when I do community work is we need more cops that are from here or we need more cops, you know, that understand, you know, what we're going through. And uh, you know, of course, as a police officer, you can only do so much. Yes. At the end of the day, we're like the parent that nobody ever wanted, but um you know that brings it back to like without law and order there is chaos and then nobody can live freely um really so um kind of want to transition that conversation into you know so you've been doing this for nine years how's it been like how's your how's the overall career been for you um ups and downs you know anything that you'd like to share as far as like, experiences on the job things like that um you know, it's, it's been a bit, it's been a pretty good career for me. Um, so 
my whole, I feel like I was destined to do what I do now, you know, like drug, drug police and all that. Like I started out like I, I wasn't I was in patrol, but I started out, they, they just threw me in the, in, the, in the projects, you know, like, like I had like a beat, a special beat kind of thing. Like, you know, when I, I was there for four years. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a uh, search some quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't personally. I don't. It's it's a it's a you know it's just a housing project. It's tore down now. They tore it down like a year ago, two years ago. But you know it was it was notorious. <laughs> so that's where I first got thrown out. Man, I got thrown out right in the, right in the, right in the projects. You know. But I I would say that you know I had a good career. You know I seen a lot of things in there. You know this and that. You know, but I had a good career. You know I used to. And it was like that. It was run down, man. Like you know, man. It'd be. I'm talking like like you can't. When you go into a house, you can't believe somebody lives in this. You know, cinder block walls, but like there's roaches and all. It just be like what? What in the world, man? Like, like are you serious? Like you know. So, but I, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of that. I helped a lot of kids out. You know, like I, I would, you know, I would drive around. I would give the kids candy. When I would, I would, I would, I would engage the community. I would get out the car. You know what I'm saying? I, I would, you know, they had a little basketball joint going. I, I play basketball with them. I get to know them. I tell them how you doing in school. You know, you playing sports, this and that. I, I used to play football. You know what I mean? I would, let me see your stance. You know, all, all that kind of. I used to do that, man. I was a community police officer. Well, obviously I'm in narcotics now, so that's the things a little different. But when I was just a regular officer, yeah, man, I had I had a good career. You know, but on on, on that same token, it was a lot of bad to it too. You know, bodies dropping, you know, countless, you know, what I mean? like 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 homicides. You know, shootings mostly, but uh. You know, stuff like that, you know, just, but, you know, I do, I do think I made a difference in a lot of kids' lives. For instance, maybe about six months ago, I ran into one of them kids. Uh, I ran into him and he, I'm not going to say his name or nothing like that, but, uh, you know, and I saw him and he, he looked like he was doing much better. You know, he, I, I was actually in an establishment in DC and he, I, I didn't see him when I, you know, he looked, he looked a little bigger, you know, he's bigger. He, I guess he turned 21 or whatever, but. And uh, he came up to me. He was like, "Man, what's up, man?" Blah blah blah. I was like, "Oh, what's up?" You know, man. Blah blah blah. Like, "Hey, how you been, man?" Oh, I'm in school. I'm about to get my degree. You know, what I mean, I'm about, I'm about to do this and that. Like, I'm like, "Wow." He was like, "Man, thanks that one time, man. You know, you could have locked me up, but you ain't locked me up. You know, you you didn't you, you changed my life. You know, stuff like that. I've had like on multiple occasions where you know. I, so I, I would I would say I had a good career, man. You know, up 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 to now, I had a very good you know cop experience. I mean, I helped a lot of people, I think. You know, I hope so. But, you know, stuff like that. I want to I want to harp on that, man. Like, so just just to put this in perspective for the listeners, you were assigned to beat in a very, very rough area, right? And you weren't instructed to be a community police officer. You did that inherently. Was that inherently? So I was instructed to so I you know I was instructed to, you know, it's a beat. You know, do what you gotta do up there. You know, I mean, you know, just try to clean it up. You know, this and that. But I, you know, you know how it is, man. Some cops, there was a lot of veterans too, just sit in the car at the end of the block. You know what I'm saying? I know you know what I'm talking about. Like they just sit in the car at the end of the block, at the top of the block. You know, where I worked was a was a horseshoe. They called it the horseshoe. It was a it was a big U, one way in, one way out. So at the top of the block, you know, mo- most of the time when I when I was off, when I wasn't on duty. I mean, they just sit at the top, do nothing, like kind of be present, but you know, the lights are on, whatever. But it, I would actually be around there doing stuff. You know what I mean? I would, and I would, I would, and it wasn't just trying to lock people up, you know. I gave many people passes, you know, like, like you know, 
when I had to, but I also was fair. And I, you know, I locked them up too when I had to, you know, but you know, I, I definitely, I'm to this day, if I see any of them, they know who I am. They used to call me rock. I guess I look like the, I favored the rock or something. They call me rock. That's a tough nickname though. You know, it's crazy on a side note. I was, so I used to live, I, I, mean, I just moved recently, but I, lived on, I don't know if you ever heard Kennedy Street, uh, Northwest, Upper Northwest DC. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with Northwest, but I don't know the streets like that. I'm, I'm coming home at like two in the morning, right? Come on, walking, walking, park my car, walking to the, the condo or whatever. <laughs> I see a, a car drive pass, right? Ten of windows, blah, blah, blah. You know, look, you know, looking at like, oh, what are they, robbery boys? You know, just being in DC, you know what time it is, you know? <laughs> Somebody say, yo, that's rock. I said, what's up? They're like, what's up? <laughs> you all right? I'm like, all right. They kept moving. You know what I mean? But that could have went either way. You know what I mean? I, time, place, and circumstance. We all know about that. You know? But they knew you. They knew me. But they, they knew you. Was, that yeah. could have saved your life. Man, I got a story kind of like that, man. Yeah. It's like, I got a story I got a story very much like that. A little bit different. I was working, but we had this dude at 7-Eleven. I didn't get too much into it, but he was on PCP. I had to fight him. I was by myself just no available units, backup units were coming from a whole different area of the town. I get there first. We end up wrestling around. Um, I'm struggling to get to do the ground. Pretty big dude, you know how PCP is. I end up having a guy that was one of our locals um, who was actually banned from the 7-Eleven that I was inside of, come into the 7-Eleven, help me out and then run back out. And this is a dude that's been locked up several times and is notably known to like hate the police. And it's because I help, I've helped them out with a couple, I mean, on warrants, you can't do much about it, but like there are times where, you know, there I use my discretion. I'll just keep it there. Like I use my discretion on certain things because I already knew he's going to get jammed for this, 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 this. There wasn't really a reason to add it. And I, you know, this is, this is kind of where my, where my, where my true passion comes out, especially in hearing your story is everything because the false census seems to be that if you're a community officer, then you do community stuff. But if you're not a community officer, you respond to calls or you sit in the parking lot. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That seems to be the general census. And that's everywhere. So hearing it, hearing it that, you're, that you've experienced that as well. But think about to the extremes, very potentially you doing that and carrying yourself that way, not only builds you confidence in the neighborhood, because there's nothing worse than walking around an area where you just don't know anybody. Those uncomfortable neighborhoods that are clearly are portrayed as like, cop hating neighborhoods, you know what I mean? For you to be able to break that and so that you actually feel comfortable in that neighborhood because so many people know, know you, it makes you feel happy to come to work, right? But then also on top of that, um, it could have saved your life that day. Like legit, yeah, yeah. you know, if it was a jump out, like, you know what I mean? Like if they were planning on doing something or you knew they were about it, it very possible that, that you were gonna be a victim. And, and for where you are, it's, that's not as far-fetched. So no, you you already know, yeah. So you know, but uh, you know, just like I like like you touching on, you know, like uh, the way I was always fair, man. Like and I, you know, and I, if somebody had to get locked up, they had to get locked up, you know. If somebody, you know, you, like you said, discretion, you know, what I mean, we we're allowed to use discretion. So like, if, if it's something minor, man, you know, do I really want to, you know, this dude's what was he sixteen? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin his life over over something so minor. You know what I'm saying? Like, like look, man shape up, man, we give him a chance, you know, again, you do it again, you're going, but like, you can, you can do that for such minor, minor stuff, you know, but like, you know, and I think that, you know, they, they respect that. I was respected. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, you know, I was fair. You got to go, you got to go. If, you know what I mean? But if, if it was something, you know, like, all right, you know, like, come on, man, you know, 
Don't play with me. You know, like everybody know me. Everybody knew me. You know, oh, that's Rock. You know, they knew. Me. Oh, that's how I knew where it was from. That's how I knew the nicknames. I knew it. I knew exactly where it was from. So I was like, all right. You know, I just kept moving. But I got that kind of respect. You know? Right. That's everything. Uh, kind of random though. You're pretty tatted up, bro. You were you tatted like that <laughs> prior to PD? Yeah. So I, I mean, I, obviously, I got some over time. But yeah, I, I've been. I was tatted. You know, I mean, that. You know. Do you think that? Because it's an interesting conversation in law enforcement, especially now, as they're becoming more lenient in their policies. Do you think that tattoos alone help break a barrier? Yeah, I, I'll give you another example. I never, I don't know if you ever heard of Trinidad, DC mm-hmm. neighborhood, Trinidad, right? So, so we doing our thing. We we got a we got an operation going. We end up concluding it. Lock locks my up. So you know, in DC crowds like to gather. Crowds are like 20, 15 people. So I had one dude tell me, man, where you where you from? I was like, you know, I told him my neighborhood where I, where I grew up. You know, man, it's like, oh yeah. It was like, you know, yeah, you got the old tattoos and everything, man. That look, that look you going for. He said, that look you going for. I was like, that look I'm going for. Said, it's me. And I was like, you know, but I told him, you know, hey, I told him where I was from. He was like, oh, yeah, 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 I got locked up with somebody. Else. Yeah, they, all right, okay. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know where you're from. You know, man, this and that. So, you know, the tattoos kind of like was that was that buffer in a way, you know, because I'm staying, I wasn't directly, I was, I was, you know, you know how operations go. So, you know, you don't need like 20 people surrounding one dude. I mean, I'm, we're around. But you know, people, you know, whoever got the lock up that day, did, you know, did a thing. But you know, so and then we just stopped just talking to the, you know, trying to try to keep the peace, you know, keep the barrier around, you know, that's surrounding us. So, but the guy, you know, what I mean, hey, he, he said, oh yeah, yeah, I got locked up. Oh, all right, all right, all right, you know, like yeah, you from where? Okay, you know what's up out here? Just off a tattoo, you know. And I, ain't, yeah. I ain't got no gang. I ain't got no gang stuff. But you know, just the right, 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 right. you know, I mean, all that, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, like. It don't even matter what the tattoo is, but I think that as tattoos are becoming more socially acceptable, we have to be able to, as a as a department, as a, especially as a profession, we have to be able to, you know, move with society norms, like yeah. you know, to yeah. an extent. We gotta be able to, we gotta be able to adapt to, you know, right the times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, you know that that dude, he was talking trash. To to you know, but but when he saw me, he just he just let me, you know, and I was like, okay, and then. I, that that alone made the situation better, you know. Right. Just, just that little conversation right there, you know, about tattoos. He was tatted up too, so it was like, you know, and that was it. Just that's just one prime example, you know. Plus, it's just you know, a lot of people just be like, man, you you're a cool looking officer. You know, I, I didn't ever expect that. You know, like, you're a cool looking officer, <laughs> and that, that that creates, you know, they put their, they put the guard down. You know, like you yeah. you can have a combo about like you know tattoos. Oh man, I get my tattoos over here, man. You should go there one time. You know, just check it out. You know, like. Then it humanizes the badge. I, yes. I believe. Yeah. I agree. So, I'm with you 100 percent on this. We people too, man. Like, yeah, 100. Uh, yeah. I've had people come to me just telling me, "Man, you got really good ink. You got really nice ink." And yeah. I'm like, a, and it's like a barrier breaker. It's kind of like, you know, it just so br- it relate. breaks the ice. It breaks the you ice. Can re- you can relate to human society because I mean, you know, when they see this uniform, you know, it's like it's just it creates maybe. Make them nervous, makes them whatever they feel when it with regular people when they see the, when they see the uniform they just feel some type of way. But when you got the tattoos on top of you know it's like ah oh, you know he got a this guy this dude is somebody outside of that that uniform you know it's a good thing. So now you you working in the PD and now you worked your way to uh, doing communities doing community stuff and lock up and then moving into like the narcotics side of things. So. 
So I was in, I was in, they called it Search Recording Unit. It had its own name where I was, so I was, that was what I did for four years before I was, I've been on the cops for five, so nine years old. So I was in the Search Recording Unit. I got asked that I want to go to NSID, you know. So I was like, at first I was like, eh, I don't know. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I need to change. So I went over there and here I am now, you know. Okay, so this you were asked. I was asked, yeah, I was asked. You, you, you pretty much, you know, cause I think they were, I don't know if they, I still had to apply, but I was asked, you know, did you want to, do you want to do it? Oh, I think, so you guys still held it. They didn't put out, they didn't put out, like, I don't think they put out a, you know, a email for you or whatever you call it, you know, bulletin, whatever. I okay. just got asked, but then I, I just applied. You know? But there was still like some type of process. Like it was like, okay, we want yeah, you, we want, we want yeah. you, but you, but we got it. There's a formality here. Yeah, they got to do the paperwork. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. 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 But uh so and, and then you know, here That's I am dope. now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope, man. That's uh, how I got in there. So I kind of want to transition here a little bit, uh, because you are in DC. How has the past year, year and a half affected you? Um, as far as the profession goes, uh your mentality moving forward, um, you know, because if I, you know, for me, I was in a really good place before everything went south, and then I, it's been a roller coaster ever since. So, just how's that been for you? Now, you know, funny you mention that. So, before we even delve into the whole year, I was I didn't I didn't have to do the capital, uh, the recent most recent storm right, of the right. capital. I had COVID, so okay. I didn't have to deal with that particular one. But you know, the, everything before that, I did deal with. But the whole sentiment, man, is 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 you know, it, things have changed so much since I came on, man. It's, it's like, it almost makes you feel like, like, what are you doing this for, you know? Like, no one appreciates you at all. You know what I mean? Like, you can, it doesn't matter what you, everything is just against, it just feels like the world is against you, you know, as a police officer, especially what I do, you know? Yeah, it's, 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 it's gotten to you. It, it, got, it got to me a little bit, you know? I'm just really like, yeah, I had to rethink, like, you know, in the last year, I had to rethink, like, do I, do I still want to do this? I feel unmotivated, you know what I mean? It just, yeah, so. How'd you combat it? Like, cause you're still here clearly and pushing and yeah. you know, what? what? Well, I mean, it, it, it is my job, you know, so I, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's how I also make a living too. So I, I got that aspect of it, but you know, you know, drinking and you know, stuff like that. You know, I, I got into alcohol a little bit this year. Actually, I would say the last three years in general. It, it didn't just start this year. So, you know, last three years, you know, I got heavy in alcohol. I'm just now, you know, last few months kind of like tranquilo on, on, on the drinking, you know. And, uh, but that's yeah. how I coped. That's how I coped with a lot of things, you know, just drinking and just trying to get my mind off all the nonsense, you know. At that three, what made it, what pushed it? Was there one incident? Was it a snowball effect of multiple incidents? Probably, um, yeah, probably a snowball effect of multiple incidents. Um, this just added to it. You know, like, you know, being a, being a police officer is rough. It's tough, man. You know, you know, you just not, not just for the things you see and all that, you know, just like your personal life, you know, like, just like, I don't know that I mean, cop being a cop kind of changes your, your mentality, uh, you know, as, as in your, in your personal life. I mean, it, it does, you know, like, like you, you, you just look at everything differently than everybody else, you know, so it might affect your, you might seem stoic. Or um, you know, uh, negative all the time, but it's just you're just being real, you know. And 
a lot of times that can that can reflect into your interpersonal relationships, especially when you know you're sniffing other or you know. So and I had a lot of issues with that, and you know, obviously everybody got you know had some 2018 had money issues and all that, you know, just yeah, just true. And all I just drown try to drown it all away with alcohol. Mm -hmm. you know? I did the same. That's what we do, man. Like, you know, like that's that's what just I, that's how people cope. You know, we no drugs, we don't do drugs and all that, but you know, just our drug is alcohol, usually. I I've noticed in cops. I don't know what cop that don't drink, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's <laughs> a part it's almost become a part of the culture. It's like if you don't drink, you're weird. Like, who are you? Like, oh, me, because I, I remember uh, you know, working mids, and I don't I don't know if you guys call it anything. We we call it choir practice, but on our third longest shift. At like five, six in the morning, we'd all go down to one of the local hall spots and and essentially drink till you black out almost at five in the morning. You know what I mean? And that was the way that we and basically it really just turned out into, into a bitch session, you know. You just barely complain about the job and everything yeah. you just yeah. went through and things you can't control and admin this and this, that, and all that stuff that's really not that relevant. And then <laughs> and then you just and then you just get shitty and uh, you know, and then and then the cycle continues. To to touch on that, um, we we used to do it in the parking lot, <laughs> out of trunk of our car, you know, like but but, you know, to touch on that. In a way, yeah, that's bad. We're all we're soaking in misery. We we you know, it's a way to let things out, you know, with with the alcohol. That's no good, you know. But the camaraderie that we we that that comes with that like the people you know what I mean it could be people at choir practice you never talk to but they there and they, you know I'll talk about the same thing you know that camaraderie I I believe is gone like we don't we don't have that no more you know as far as, as policing you know like well just at least where I'm at I can only speak for myself but you right. know that that camaraderie just policing today has for my where I'm where I'm at just seems like the department wants to pin everybody against each other. You know, I don't know if you feel that way. I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know if you can relate to that, but so the, the com, you know, the, the camaraderie is not there. as like it used to be when I first came on, man, we, you know, we were tight, you know, like, you know, like, you, you, you know I can sense gone. that. I can sense that. You know I, what I'm saying? I, 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 from my perspective on it, I think that there's a bunch of different factors. But definitely from when I first got hired to now, um, here's what I think it is. And then, and then you, you fill me in, uh, you know, on anything else uh, that you could add to it or if I'm just too far gone. But the way that I've identified this problem is the pendulum shift in policing entirely. So throughout, at least through, through my time here in the past seven years, the pendulum was right, right at the tail end of heavy enforcement, right? like heavy, like let's just go get everybody to now being very community oriented, very. And what I believe that did with a mixture of toxic habits that we develop in the profession is it, is it broke people against each other who were kind of, you got some people who really just want to be enforcement. You got some people who really want to be community. Then you have people that are just smack dab in the middle where they're like, we could do a lot of both. And you get that those those things pulling against each other, and then everybody's trying to come up with the best idea on how to move forward, and you know, and depending on how admin treats it or how how new ideas are influenced into the department, it can make it appear as if even if the the person at the top 
of the chain has good intentions, these different ideas and these different projects and these different things can really separate a police officer, a police officer from their purpose. I mean, imagine if you did policing all one way, because we don't like change. So you do policing all one way and then it starts shifting into a different way, whether good or bad, but that shift causes you to separate from your purpose in the profession. And then you become awfully jaded and you think that now you don't know who you are anymore. Well, I can't police like I used to, or I can't do this like I used to. And, yeah. and then also, you know, during a big transition period, you also get people who slip through the cracks in, in transition period. So people get promoted who have certain agendas and people have this. And then also an issue that, that, that we have too overall in the profession is the gold star, right? So, and what I mean by that is, is you have individuals and I know because I, I believe that I've done it before. Um, but basically what happens is, is that you, you try to build your career around the approval of others or you build your career and, and and that's deadly in a in a position of leadership because then you're rubbing everybody wrong uh but 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 what i see what can i see or <laughs> try carefully here what i what i see is like the gold star award like hey i okay well i'm i'm the new this of this unit so i'm going to do this or I'm the new this of this unit, so I'm going to do this. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's the best thing for the unit, but I know it'll give me a gold star. And so that yeah. transition as well, because when, when policing transitions from one pendulum to the other, what it does is it, it, it takes away all of those set ways where people felt really comfortable. Like it took away like all the set ways. So now there's, there's new ways being developed through poor or good leadership and it pulls everybody apart. Now you add that with what we just experienced in law enforcement, where we were literally tacked on a national, if not, if not universal level, you know what I mean? <clears throat> and then that all puts a damper on it. And then, like you said, adding to it is the alcohol. So I can say this is that yes, the camaraderie was great. Us all coming together and sharing our shit. But when we got too drunk, then things started to happen that tore us apart, whether it was arguments, fights, or you hooking up in the department with other people, you know what I mean? And then now rumors yeah. spreading around and it becomes like kind of like this cesspool, you know, those things make it really hard for us to heal. And it makes it yeah. hard for us to work together because we're not doing it with a clear mind. So I don't know if you want to add to that. That's kind of like how I, how I view it. You're right. <laughs> yeah, like, but. I myself personally cope with alcohol like crazy. Um, I, I still do. <laughs> so, um, but also, there's other things I do cope. You know, it, it's not all alcohol. I, I go to the gym. Like right. for, for me, work, working out. I'm a big guy, so for me, working out is my meditation. You know, and that way, I, I go to the gym. I like to read. I like I like to do other things. But you know, it's hard to shake that alcohol habit, man. You know. So we got, you know, you know, just. Well, it's, it's intertwined in our subconscious. Like literally it's, it's the default method. It's like when I get how'd off you, work. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? My route was, it was a few different things. So when I started having a suicidal thoughts, that scared the shit out of me. And that was a couple of years ago. Now that didn't prevent me from drinking, but it definitely cut it back. 
because I was like on this growth process. I started reading a bunch of books and, you know, I was like, ah, how do I get rid of this? And, you know, I tried therapy one time. It wasn't a great experience. And I started meditating. I started doing anything you could think of <laughs> that I thought would get the thoughts out of my head. I was like, all right, I'm going to meditate like legit on the app. I'm going to meditate. And, but, but the problem was too, is like these processes of healing, I felt like we were atta attacking my masculinity as well. Like, cause I felt really weak doing it. Also, I also had a couple of medical issues. So I have hypothyroidism, um, which if I drink, unfortunately it does work against my medicine in the morning. So when I take okay. my meds, if I drink the day before, and then I try to take my meds the next day, I might feel, even if I don't drink a lot, like I could still feel like slight hangovers and really that's just like the fatigue that comes with the thyroid issues so yeah, but damn yeah. I, that that, that yeah. took me a couple of years like before i just hit that switch of maybe i should stop drinking you know because i didn't want to stop i don't want to stop because that was my go-to it was either drinking and video games or drinking and going out because i'm gonna meet some girls like i'm like look i just had a rough week yeah and i've had a rough week <laughs> Dude, um, um, not to cut you off, but that's like uh, womanizing for me. Yes, we do it. You know that. You know that. That's actually, um, man. I wish I would have seen the webinar. Some, some uh, hyper, it's like hypersexual activity uh, can be a result of uh, repeated uh, exposure to trauma. It was like some type of, yeah. It was like it was like some type of thing where, um, and and that be, that makes you as a cop become a womanizer. And military members, you notice this. With people in like professions like ours, divorce rates through the roof. Everybody cheating on everybody. You can't trust nobody. Everybody, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and that could be just from uh, not healing properly from from different exposure. Now I don't want to. I'm not a professional in that space, but it was yeah. something that was brought to my attention. I was like, oh, shit. like I didn't know. You know, I, that's that's I, interesting. Yeah. I just thought I was about it. You know, I forgot <laughs> to mention that was how I, I coped as well with alcohol and just just debauchery. It's difficult to uh, to break that because it becomes habit and routine. So um, it does. I mean, I could not wait to get home so that I could meet up with my boys at the bar, get drunk, and hopefully hit on some ladies. Now, I don't know about you, but usually with me, I get too lit to talk to anybody. So I'd get there with the intention of meeting a bunch of girls, but really just end up chilling my boys and getting way too, way too messed up. And that was usually the trend. Every once in a while, I get a number, but those – very few moments when I got a number or even, you know, whatever kept me going. Even if it only happened, like say every yeah. like 20 times I went to the bar, I, I, I got one number or I got, you know, you know, whatever happened next, like those would, th th that would be my motivation to go again the next day. And then it became, and then it got to a point where like, there were times where like I took leave. I mean, I was, you know, you could take leave, you got comp leave, you got, but I would take leave not a lot, but like there'd be times where like, man, like, oh, I really went to a messed up call on Wednesday. So I think Friday I'm going to take off. But Thursday night, that meant I was going to, you know, I was going to a bar that I knew had, you know, cheaper drinks on Thursday nights and it was a popping spot. Was I really ever addressing that, that trauma that I may have experienced that Wednesday? Absolutely nope. not. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just drowning it. And uh, I'm just drowning it. And so, and by all means, dude, like, it's not like I quit drinking for like four years and we're having this conversation. It's been one damn month. I mean, I hope that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that I'm strong enough to not really go back and, and fall into it. But I'm also starting to reincorporate things that I, because I still like to go out. Like I'm a very social person. I just mm -hmm. got to find my way of how can Dylan still go out and, and, and do what he wants to do 
whether it's mingle or you know whatever it is how can i do that still still have time with my boys but not drink uh, that's hard that's rough that's hard it is it is rough but i want to be drinking around you yeah but yeah, I mean, yeah. you know yeah. but i want to be able to do it because you know what the thing is is that and this is what i noticed there are people that have even just in my past month in my life who have inherently tried jumped on my train you know what i mean like they all they don't want to drink you you become because look man like we we don't tend to think this we always look up to each other like say you got all your boys at one table right and you're all there we're all kind of looking up to each other but when one dude starts doing something different from the rest, they, whether they, whether they start joking on you or whatever, they look up to you because usually it's something that's, they, all of us are, are experiencing it. But if one of us can be like, you know what, I think today, it doesn't mean that I won't drink ever again, but like maybe today I'll just go out with the boys, but I'll just stay on the sober, I'll be the DD, I'll be the sober, t- like, and, and then at first your boys will be like, what are you doing? And it's like, yo, but like, I just, I really want to see if I can pick up a girl sober. <laughs> and then you know whatever you got to come up with but then you start a trend you know what i'm saying and i guarantee you i guarantee you that you know if uh you do start going out and, and let's put it this way how about not cutting out alcohol entirely but say you go out with the intention of i'm gonna have two drinks and that's just to make me social in the sense of like i have a drink in my hand i can approach a girl to drink in my hand or whatever you want to do you know even if it's just with the boys um, I cut out alcohol entirely, mainly because of like it affected my meds the next day. Like I couldn't just have like two or three beers. The next day I would just feel gross like throughout the day. So that helped me just stop entirely. But if that hadn't happened, like I still wanted to get to a place where I could go out and have like one or two drinks, just enough to be social, not even like feel it in my head, like as in like I need that confidence because the, the the most beneficial thing you could do, especially as a man, because you put off energy, is be extremely confident without it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if you have that, like people, like if like I know me, I always relied on alcohol as my confidence to talk. Especially if a bad one walked in, I was like, all right, one more shot. Let's let's. But what, what happened? I'd be like, oh, not nah, anymore. Huh? Not nah, anymore. Before that, <laughs> then I then if I do finally get to go talking to her, I'll be like this. How was that, bro? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I ain't getting nothing, you know. <laughs> we, ain't get, yeah. we ain't get nowhere. And then, bro, the, the also the funny thing is, if you ever been to a bar, or you ever been around drunk people when you're sober, and I'm sure this happened when you're at work, you're like, dang, that's is that what I look like? <laughs> you know, what <laughs> is that what I look like when I get hurt? Because I'm feeling myself right now, but really, like that's not how it is. So, I mean, really, it's gonna be, and we've talked about this where I work. Is, is is incorporating some of those wellness practices from the go so that it's not weird. Like, so it's just a standard. So when you get hired, A, B, C, D, F, G, this is what you do. Now, alcohol is always gonna be a problem because it's a big part of American culture. It's not even like just policing, but we will tie to more negative things. Like my previous podcast with Dr. Gilmartin, bro, um, he talks about it on a biological level. Basically what he says is, and, and, and he's a former cop retired out of Arizona um, who got a doctorate and started running these trials. So he's been, and he's, he's like a dinosaur. He's been running trials. He wrote the, he wrote the book, Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement, that red and uh, white pamphlet, like a little manual. If you don't have one, I'll get one for you because it's phenomenal. But basically what it does is it explains what happens to the body. Regardless if you experience anything traumatic or not, you go through a state of hypervigilance. And, it's, and really what that means is that while you're at work, you are, and you even noted, you even stated this earlier, um, and I'm just tying it all back in, as you stated earlier, that when you're off duty, 
uh, you feel you might feel a certain way. You might feel like you're, like your senses are heightened. And it's because you're yeah. still in that state of survival. So it's a state of hypervigilance. Now, the thing is, what typically happens is, and this is without even experiencing something traumatic throughout that day, is when you put that uniform on, your body goes into a state of hypervigilance automatically without you even knowing it. It happens on a biological level. When you get off work, you dive into a depressive state and not like mentally depressed, even though sometimes that does happen to us. It just means you're in a depressive state, like chemically. So what we do is to try to ramp ourselves up is we actually, we will get involved in anything excessive, excessive video games, excessive sex, excessive uh, alcohol, anything like that. But all that does is cater to the depressive state. Like it just keeps you there, right? So what he says is, is that 20 minutes of moderate exercise after your shift can bring you back up into a normal state. Uh, biologically this is like and I like the way he explained it because it had nothing to do with feelings like it had nothing to do with uh, emotions like it's like this is what happens to your body on a biological level whether you like it or not so it's up to you but also knowing this like alcohol in general uh, is extremely toxic to your gut health where your gut health is they've leaded a lot or they've, they've connected a lot of mental illnesses directly from someone's gut health and alcohol destroys your gut because it's so toxic. And so, you know, my mission is not so much to get people to quit drinking altogether because there's something to say to have a nice, uh, your favorite beer or have your favorite, you know. Yeah. Uh, moderation. You know, moderation, moderation, right? I mean, that's, that's key to life is moderation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe knowing that, hey, I just saw, I, like Thursday was a, was a fucked up day at work. I think... Friday I'm off, but I think Friday I'm just gonna I'm gonna do something else. Like I, I think I'm gonna go for a walk or I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one of my hit one of my boys up, see if they want to grab some coffee. Like last night, bro, for real. Like my boy and I, um, and him and I, I told you, him and I, he's not a cop or anything, but um, he's been a good friend of mine for a long time. We would just go out. We were go getter. So recently, like yesterday, we went and grabbed dinner at this place called Salt. It's pretty good. We literally grabbed dinner. And then after that, grabbed coffee, like a decaf coffee because it was late and then went to insomnia cookies. And I'm telling you, by the time I got, and we laughed so hard. I mean, just like, you know, jokes here and there. We had such a good time, bro. By the time I got home, I was beat. Like, I went straight to bed. I didn't even think twice about it. Not, not at one point during that entire endeavor did I think about drinking. And little experiences like that showed me how much alcohol I control my life because I didn't even think I could have a, a good time with, with him as a friend unless we're drinking because that's that's all i'm accustomed to yeah it's a part of our culture man so it it really is it's 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 the way that we bond but it's a very very toxic way to to bond because then you start noticing uh police officers getting involved in things that they're not supposed to i know for me personally and it's probably pretty generic the dumbest things i've ever done or things that have go against my own true morals or when i've been too intoxicated that's for Who sure. you telling, man? Who are you telling, bro? <laughs> yeah. Who are you telling? <laughs> Alcohol is my enemy. <laughs> you know yeah. What it's, it's all it's our enemies. All, it's all our yeah. enemies. So yeah. with that being said, moving forward, bro, like I'm all for it. I'll come, I'll come out there where you live. We can chill. We can do whatever, um, you know. Uh, but yeah. I want to get to a point where like even just you and I, because we're so close to each other, that you and I can go out to a bar. We ain't got to grab a drink. We just go out to a bar. Shoot, you know what? If Even if... Even if we, even if we got to make it seem like we having a drink, you get a little ginger ale, put a lime in that thing. Ain't nobody knows the I difference. Know. You know, you know, no, me, no, yeah. yeah, nobody knows the difference. 
And then you go out there and you just vibe and then you build. And now you're building your confidence from a sober mind. And there's nothing more powerful than that. You tell me mm. uh, there, there, if you get a girl's number, like on a sober set, that gives you a way bigger confidence boost than getting one when you're, when you're tore up. And you know, you're probably going to end up pulling higher quality women. I mean, I'm just, I'm I mean, just saying. They, I mean, they, I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, they come, they come at me though, you know, it's a little Oh, uh, see, okay, okay. Hey, see, look, man, I'm the, I'm the ugly, I was the ugly duckling, so I don't have that, you know. I grew up the ugly duckling, so like, I didn't really have that, but you know what I mean, but. Um, nah, but I know what you're saying, you know, like, you know. Yeah, they so, coming you know, at me. Yeah, they coming at me, you know what I mean? Oh, man. Ooh, ooh, ooh he cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, well, I might just be going to the wrong board. I'm just playing. I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing. But uh, <laughs> that's funny, man. The one thing is, is like, you know, as, as much as we mentioned different things that are talks about the job, like, man, f- for me, dude, it's the best job in the world. I mean, for like to me, I mean, yeah, maybe don't pay enough. Like, I definitely like to make some more money. But, you know, that's what side hustles are for. But, dude the impact you can have on people's lives. I bet you like, especially with that kid that you had before, um, who you saw later on in the bar, you know, might've just turned 21 or whatever. Like ran to him at a bar, ran to him at a bar. Yeah, that he's going crazy. to college, bro. He's going that's, to college, you, you know, he was in the neighborhood. He was, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's multiple. When I see he got brothers, I mean, there's, there's, there's multiple kids I, I think I've touched out here, you know? No. And they become that's leaders. That sounded, that sounded, that sounded oh, yeah, horrible. You, yeah, you saw it. It's all good. Don't let that go. You know what I mean? I think I, <laughs> it's going to be a different think, interview. We're going to close it right now. <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think I had a reflection, you know, on, on you know, I made, I made changes, you know. Yeah. And they, they're doing, they're doing, a lot of them are doing great, man. You know, it's like, and they never, they never forget me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when I see them, you know, and now I'm having a drink with the kid, buy him a shot, you know? I yeah. mean, we were talking about alcohol earlier, but you know, like, yeah, yeah, no, no. Buy, buy the kid a shot, you know, man. Congratulations, man. Yeah. You know, and he, I mean, he's, he's going to be forever grateful. You know? And then he becomes a leader in the space. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's about that empowerment tool. Like, you get some of these yeah. kids in the neighborhood. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know the magic recipe, but if you get to a place where you empower them, they're going to bring people. You know, like, it, it, they're going to bring that energy, and people are going to yeah. see it. Yeah. People are going to see it. I mean, we used to. We don't do it as much anymore, but. Uh, we used to take uh, dudes from the Boys and Girls Club and take them on a college visit because half these kids never even seen a college. They don't even know what a college looked like. And then they see it. You go to one of these, uh, you know, nice universities and, you know, and, and, and they get to check that out. I mean, the eyes are this wide, you know, on some of these kids. And then the vision gets bigger. You know what I'm saying? The vision gets bigger. You're just expanding the vision, you know, and that's... And there's a- there's a lot of smart kids too, like they're yes. just like geniuses, bro. Like they're yes. smarter than me and you right now. Yes, yes, <laughs> like, bro, yes. And they just don't have a chance, you know. No, you, we got kids. Like we even talked about this before. I talked this to one of my guys. Is uh, you know, like we got one guy an example, and I'm I'm, I'm really trying to tell the story without you know going because I can't share a lot. But long story yeah. short is he's so good at street work. Like in the sense of like the dude's so smart with his operations and how he does things that we were like, dude, if you, if he threw that kind of grind and perspective in anything else, preferably in a legal avenue, you know what I mean? Like it, he would, he would excel. It's one of them dudes that you know that they could, they could literally go anywhere and do any job and excel like more than I could because of how confident they are, you know, in what they do, even though it's, you know, 
totally illegal, but I'm just saying, uh, getting th- these kids have a lot of have a lot of skill, and they have a lot of yeah. like you said, they're very smart, they're very intelligent, but but they're they're being crippled. Neighborhoods tell them they can't do nothing. You know, neighborhoods tell them they can't do nothing, and then in uh, in a lot of neighborhoods, they're being told they can't do nothing mainly because of the color of their skin. And and Crazy. that is 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 Crazy. the biggest crip. You can't start a kid off like that because confidence is everything. Mm-hmm. Confidence is the only thing that gets you from A to B. And I, being somebody who struggled with that my entire life, like you take that away from somebody, like it 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 cripples them. So then when they see somebody like you, that's you know from around the way, like you have a different perspective and you actually show mm-hmm. heart when you're out there and they can look up to you, you don't have to do much. It's not like you have to spend every day with these kids. Just sometimes one interaction seals the deal. It's that one little pivot that they get. And that one little pivot puts them in the right direction. Um, sometimes it's, and it is as simple as that, just getting out the cruiser and actually saying something. That's it. Just engaging, engaging. That's all you got a lot. Like what I've noticed, you know, nine years on from then till now, like, I mean, you know, there's, there's guys that, they do the job. They know that they know their beat because of locking people up. But how many of them actually know the kids? You know what I'm saying? They know their beat. They can give you. A, they can have a, you know, a binder with a bunch of pictures of guys they've locked up that are like repeat offenders, whatever, whatever. But how many of them? How many of them actually get out of the car and like just throw the football with the kid? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. know the kid that the, the children, because that might be the difference between that kid be, becoming trapped by the streets. You know, or if he talks to you, maybe you might change his whole perspective, you know? And it might change yours. I'm being, I'm being complete. Yeah, that too. I'm, and I'm it might change yours honesty. because, like, we and I noticed, and I'm going to be brutally honest here, like, there have been times in this profession where I've become ignorant due to trying to find my way and how I wanted to be a police. And I'd be like, well, you know, there are opportunities out there for everybody. And, you know, you just got to get it. You got to have the headspace for it. But by going out here and talking to these kids, you really see what's stacked up against them. And you're like, it's not that black and white. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. Yeah, it's, it's, not, not, that it's simple. not, it's really not. Like when you got uh, everybody, you know, in the neighborhood, A, there's just so many factors, man. I mean, we could go on that. They'd be a whole separate podcast. But knowing yeah. that, I think it is important for, especially our listeners to hear that you, you know, you not even being a community officer and doing community stuff because you knew that was the best way you were going to be able to, to, to be able to run that beat. Like, yeah. that was the best way you're going to be able to run the beat. Like, there ain't no other way I, to do it. I, I mean, you, prime, I give you a prime example. I'm not going to get into details of it. I give you a prime example of what you're talking about, you know? So, got a guy, I had a guy, right? So, I, I drive past, you know? He looks at me, I look at him. He takes off. He had a gun on him. I'm chasing him, but he had a head start or whatever. So, he got him, he got in front of me. He hits the corner. You know, he dropped the magazine, blah, 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 tried to secure that joint. He would hit the corner. He 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 got he got missing, right? He got lost. So I was like, what the fuck? So I'm looking for this dude all over the park, like people all coming out, all coming out. You know, like the neighborhood, you know, like right, I told right, you, right, right. They, 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 they come out, this this one lady. Now mind you, see her all the time, blah, blah, blah. And there's multiple people around there, you know. She just goes like this. You know what I'm saying? Grew up around there, like from around there. Goes like this. You know, like head nod or whatever. Long and behold, caught the yeah. suspect. You know what, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because she knew. You know I mean? They know. If you, you just gotta, you know, be present. 
and where you work. That's all. Yeah. You know, like if you if you just sit in your car all the time, blah, 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 blah they never might know you. You know what I mean? But if you get out there and they see that you, you know, you ain't a bad, you know, because cop, you know, there's a stigma with us. Even back then, you know what I mean? After police, you know what I mean? Like that's been a thing since what, since the beginning of time, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> since we started. So, you know, if you just engage with the community, they, they'll help you. You know what I'm saying? Even in their own community. No, it's not, I mean, I wouldn't even say like, 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 you know, what they, what they, what they would say snitching. They ain't even, man, look, dude had a whole gun on him. You know what I mean? Like, just one head nod made everything, it, it is what it is. You know, but these people, the, the people that live in these know? neighborhoods, they don't want that either. They like don't they, want they, they don't want that. They can't show. They can't show. They don't want that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, they can't. I, and then if you normalize yeah. who you are, it's not weird for somebody in the neighborhood to talk to you because everybody talk to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you know, they're not talking to a police officer. They're talking to the Rock. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's the difference. And but you have to build yeah. that. You have to earn that. Like you you can't just sit in your cruiser all day and then a, a shooting happened in the neighborhood that's and you expect everybody in the neighborhood to tell you something. They don't know that's you. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, like there's been many instances. Like I, you know, we there's been times I was short. Like we were short that day. I was just it was just me. I had to, the whole neighborhood. It was just me up there. You know, and, and and you know, I still did my job. I still, if I had to lock somebody up, still did it. There was one time I locked a dude up, right? You know, you know he had he had a lot of money on him, right? So you know, I'm searching him. You know, I ain't, I'm a backup. I'm like I'm like you know, give me a transport. You know, they, I'm waiting like you know. 10 minutes for a transport. I'm surrounded by like 20 people talking trash to me, even though they know me. You know what I mean? But you know, that's how it is. And then, I mean, it, it could have, you know how bad that could have went? And that, that right there, you know, just just the fact that you, know, you show no fear, you know what I mean? You know, and they know who you are. They know you ain't about no games is what created that wall. Why they didn't, you know, just rush me, take the money off the top of the cruiser, you know what I mean? When I'm searching, you know, taking all the stuff off of them and stuff. Just anything. Like, that that's that's what that creates. Because if I was just sitting on top of that top of the you know the block, and I tried to do that, man, they, they don't respect you. you know I mean, I was respected. You know what I mean? That's why you got to get you got to engage the community, man. You have to. That's a big thing. You know, it ain't all about locking everybody up. You got to You got to get out the car. You got to show them. You got to talk to them. Anything. Hey, gentlemen. You know, do do drinking on the. I, I give promise them. Do drinking, drinking. Right? They got they got a bottle of you know bottle of whatever they drinking. You know, it's it's a it's a Friday night. You about to get off shift. You know, you see the guy drinking. Yeah, that's illegal. But are they bobbing nobody? Are they are they in their own neighborhood? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, dude, do me a favor. Let's go take that somewhere else instead of just going over there, pouring it out, or locking them up. You know? Just and I guarantee else, you, guys. respect me. Take it somewhere yeah. else, and they they'll be like, yeah, you got it. That's it. That's 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 how you, that's that's how it starts. You know? And I guarantee you that that dude that's sitting on that corner drinking sits on that corner every day, so he knows everything that happens in that neighborhood. So when something goes that's down, it. he'll be like, oh. Uh-huh. Appreciate you, you know. Too, I, I, yeah. I appreciate you. But when we go in there and we just go all out for, especially for minor minor offenses, because you know we'll have those strategies where it's like get everybody for everything. We're, we kind of got away uh, yeah. from that now, which I, which yeah. I'm I'm proud of. But um, yeah. you know, yeah. as we do that, it, it kills the trust because there's a difference between somebody running around with a gun and selling PCP than somebody who's you know drinking a freaking you know whatever on 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 their curb step because. Inherently, they're just they're doing the same thing we would be doing on our off time. Just they got less space, so mm-hmm. it's like, all right, I'm gonna hit the back porch because I don't feel like dealing with everybody inside. It's back, you know. So. When I was in the when I was in the academy, you know, we you know we had class officer, class sergeant. I don't know if y'all had that, or however y'all did it, but um, he told me one thing. He was like, before we hit the street, he was like, man, 
whatever you do, just be fair. You know what I'm saying? Don't 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 um be one one day be all uh, this and that and the next day be fair at all anything you do. Just be fair. People do notice. You might not think they do. Even today's day and age, this was years ago. Today's day and age, you know, with the everything stacked against it, don't matter what you say or what you do. If you got this uniform on, you were, you know, you're a dick eater, you were fucking blah, 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 you fucking police, you know, all that. Even today. But at the end of the day, intrinsically, they know if you're fair, you're fair. If we're expecting people to see us as human, we got to see them as human too. You know what I mean? So it, it goes and, both ways. And a whole nother, you know, a whole nother topic back, back to like the coping and alcohol and everything, you know. Yeah. I, I went to therapy myself, you know, for that. You know, so, uh, you know, I, anybody listening, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's not, it don't make you weaker, you know, or less of a of whoever to to go just talk to somebody, just let it out, you know. 100%. You might, you'd be, you, you, whoever is listening, you'd be surprised how that, you know, will, will change your whole perspective. Somebody would, all you got to do is just have somebody else tell you what it is, you know, you, you know, you're thinking in your head, like, you know, you, you feel lost, you don't know what to do, you know, you're coping with alcohol, you know, or whatever you do, but all you, all you need is somebody to just put it in perspective for you. You just got to let it out, you know, just talk to somebody. That's all. Yeah. You know, I mean, I ain't going to say every therapist created equally, but. No, you know, hell you know, no. Just, just hell <laughs> no, nah, hell no. Nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah. no, no. Nah, but, but, you know, you can get a good one and just try mm -hmm. it. Just let it out. It's just somebody to talk to, you know? Yeah. Even if, it, even if it's on here, you know, like, like what right. you're doing right now, this is dialogue right now. Just, right. You know, you put me on a whole new perspective about alcohol based on what you said. Because I've been drinking for years, man. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think that, you know, I might try to, you know, I I I I try soberness a little bit, you know, a little bit, but I, you know, the, the way you said it is a little different. You just gotta hear it from somebody else sometimes, you know, somebody else's perspective, somebody that does what you do and can relate, and then you, you know, you just gotta hear it from them. That's all it takes. You know? I do appreciate you coming out and feeling uh, comfortable enough speaking on that and and having other and you know empowering other people to to seek help because that is a part of our problem. It like goes against our type A personalities to go seek that help because we believe that we're the heroes. We believe that we don't need the assistance and that we, we have it under all control. And we do like to be in control. It's kind of like a, a safety factor of our profession. But, you know, the way I look at it, and I didn't always look at it this way, but once I finally went, hey, bro, you need some help. Otherwise, things ain't going to be good for you. I was like, look, it's just like going to the gym. If I don't know how to do a certain workout, I'm going to get instruction. And if I don't know how to work out the brain, which I don't, <laughs> Then, then I'm going to go seek professional help because that's what they're there for. And yeah. it's something that, that also that tailed to me, and maybe this perspective will help for me. And then what I was thinking about the other day, because yes, a lot of these, these healing processes and these, and these strategies to get yourself back to where you need to be do seem, do seem to take a knock on your masculinity. It just inherently does. Getting a handle on your shit is what a man does. You know what I mean? Like, so whether that means going to a psychologist because you have a career that you're exposed to shit that the average person doesn't yeah maybe your boy doesn't need it but maybe he's not a cop either and maybe he hasn't seen the things that you've seen and comparative culture kills us too because it's like well i know one of my boys i work with went to went to you know this kind of scene and he seems to be okay but i went to this scene and i'm not and, and, and that makes me feel weaker as a person you don't know what that person's dealing with at home. We do a very good job of staying face. Like my therapist likes to call it that, that I put on a good show. You know what I mean? Like we do a good job of putting it in face. But if we normalize it, like for example, you know, especially you coming out about uh, going through therapy in your own adventure, 
And you're right. Therapists are not created equal. I just should have won at one point, but uh, almost steered me away from ever doing it again. But I'm glad I found a good one now that I see. Um, but the thing is with that is like, <clears throat> if you, if you never spoke up about it, people wouldn't know. And I guarantee you there are people that are going to listen to this podcast um, that, that look up to you already. And they would have never um, known. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if they ever saw me, they would never think. Right. No, I mean, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said it, but I, you know, that, that's also a thing. That's also a thing is like, you do have a lot of guys who don't put it out there and hey, because sometimes it really isn't anybody else's business, but it does help us. If, if some of us who are looked up to, especially like leaders in the game, people who are like really doing the job the way that, uh, you know, should be done and are, and are idolized by other officers, you know, or have that good camaraderie with other officers to speak up and be like, yo, look, you need to handle your shit because mm -hmm. if you don't have a clear mind in this job, you're going to start making decisions. And some of those decisions might end up making you the next cop on the, on the news. Like mm -hmm. your officer safety goes out the window. If your mental is not squared away, your ability to process certain things go out the way. And alcohol plays a part on that too. Just going back on that because it, it weakens your, your brain's ability to function properly. So, you know, you know, going through that, having a clear mind, especially, you know, going to work is important. And yeah, we, I do believe that, you know, most days that we go to work and nothing happens, we are lucky, but we can't, we have to see it that way. It's like, okay, you can't, you know, there's a, there's a saying that goes around, it's uh, leave nothing to hope. And that, that is what it is. And I'm learning that too. I'm still in the process of grasping that and making myself a better officer and a better, and a team member. So you know, uh, but all that goes through a growth process. And, and, and something I also want to harp on is that there are certain things that, uh, you know, and, I, and I've said this before in other podcasts, there are certain things that, that need to be done if you want to live a successful life, you know, as far as uh, certain spirituality, as far as, uh, you know, physical health, as far as uh, mental health, and as far as, uh, you know, and, and that also goes for gut health and, and, and things like that. Those are things that are options for most people, like most ordinary people, day-to-day -day people with day-to-day -day jobs can choose whether they want to better themselves or not. Our life depends on it. So it's a little bit different. And so we need to spearhead that. And we need to normalize spearheading that. And then, it'll, and then it won't be a thing anymore because just like how getting shit-faced after a crazy three days, four days stretch is normalized, we can in time make other more beneficial wellness practices, normal. So then nobody's questioning it. Just like how in your neighborhood where you did, had that relationship with all of those, uh, all of the kids and the people in the neighborhood, it became normal for them to talk to you in that neighborhood. So it wasn't weird. And other people weren't like, oh man, he, he snitching to the feds. You know, there might be a, a couple, there's only gonna be people in the weeds, but they're, they're, that noise is drowned out because you've made it a normality to be in that neighborhood and speaking to the people. So it, yep. it's the same perspective, you know? Yep. It's just a culture issue, man. That's really what it comes down to. It's a culture issue, um, you know? So yeah, man. I mean, this has been a hell of a podcast, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. We got, we, we got some fire out here, man. Hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Just doing what I can, you know? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, look, well, I really, really appreciate you coming on here, man, and being a part of the One Less family. You've been supporting me with One Less 
this whole time, ever since I even first started. And just for the listeners to know, this is how dope a relationship can be. I mean, Joey and I haven't even met each other yet in person. Like all of our interaction has been done through the funny memes that he has on his Instagram. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he puts some fire stuff up there, um, you know, and, and, you know, we live really close to each other. But the fact that, you know, we were able to build, you know, somewhat of a relationship where he felt comfortable enough coming up here and talking on my podcast and preaching a good word and keeping it real the whole time is it's, it speaks volumes. And we can all do that uh, because at the end of the day, um, we are, as corny as it may sound, we are all brothers and sisters in this, in the game. And the more we come together and start normalizing healthy practices, uh, you know, and, and, and speaking up, uh, you know, against the elephant in the room, which is the mental health aspect uh, that, you know, and the substance abuse aspect that comes with the job and reversing those practices, the better off we're all going to be and the better off the citizens are going to be that trust us with all this power. So, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. And that goes for every single uh, first responder into military profession. Um, you know, growth is, you know, I mean, no shit, Dylan, but growth is is always the, the better option. You know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate you for being on here. I really appreciate yeah. you for, for everything that you're doing and everything that you've done. And we definitely need to to link up soon. I'll get you your hoodie. Uh, for sure, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoodie. Know. And yeah, man, is there anywhere that people can reach out to you? Do you have, uh, like, you want to throw your Instagram plug out there? It could be shameless. You know, just go yeah, ahead. Um, <laughs> you know, whoever, whoever's listening, you know, you know, I, I post a lot of funny stuff and uh, I keep it real, keep it 100. Um, it's JNROCK, J-N-R-O-C-K-9-0 for Instagram, you know. Um, just reach out, add me, I'll add you back. You know, we can talk if you want to talk, doesn't matter. But, okay. You know, that's appreciate, me. Appreciate yeah. that, brother. I appreciate that. And always, for me, it's DL.Ignacio. And then uh, it's in my bio, but the nonprofit one less page is one less one L E S S underscore org. And you can always reach out, always reach out. Uh, Instagram is definitely the best way to get a hold of me personally. Um, seems to be the same way for, uh, you know, our boy here. And uh, yo, appreciate you, man. Stay safe out there. And uh, you too, uh, man. You know, we'll get up soon. Absolutely. You got me on it. You got me on IG. Talk. Uh, all right, brother. <laughs> All right, man. Later. Peace. Peace. another day. I praise God for another day. When evil wanna have his way. The good ones will never break. I take a deep breath and then I say a prayer. Before I step foot into the devil's lair. Cause we don't know if we gon' make it out. This ain't new news. We've been on this paper route. Trailblazing on these cold streets Scrutinized by spectators and nosebleeds They don't love us, but they call us when they need us Followers who never will support us cause we lead us Never coward, move forward to the evil The barrier between the broken and the feeble Hungry jaguars in this jungle full of evil We can't eat them, we only catch them, they release them Giving us the reason why we always feel defeated And they adopt the credence to give power to the demons Hyenas laughing and salivating while they scheming But the sheepdogs will always be Another day, it's another day Thank God for another day I know they wanna see us dead But this line, it'll never fade Another day, it's another day I praise God for another day When evil wanna have his way The good ones will never break